welcome to another episode of the Girl Unlimited podcast, the podcast dedicated to seeing you live fully, love abundantly and be all you were created to be. I hope this week's podcast finds you well and full of joy and hope in spite of the challenges that life tends to throw at us sometimes, especially right now in our world. Even though I, for one, I'm really, really glad things are beginning to open up slowly, but surely. I mean, most recently we heard Australia is finally opening up their borders, which can only be a positive thing. As a personal update, my family and I did test positive for COVID a few days ago. Uh, but aside from Ose, who is um, who has relatively mild symptoms, we are all mostly asymptomatic, which is great. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, I do have a slightly stuffy nose, so I do apologize in advance if I do come across as a bit nasally. So in the last solo episode, I talked about having no dreams or passions and what to do about that. This week, we're swinging all the way to the other end of the spectrum and we are looking at what do you do when you have too many passions or interests. This is the category I personally fall squarely under and I know the frustration and sometimes even the shame that accompanies this way of doing things all too intimately. Uh, so stay tuned for the next 20 minutes or so and let's talk about it. My name is Tiari and you are listening to the Girl Unlimited podcast. off I thought we should put some parameters in place here okay so when I talk about passions I am not referring to you know the different foods that you're passionate about or stuff like tv programs that you're a fan of even though these things could very well be an indication of something you might want to explore further in this episode we are particularly talking about those passions that tie into what you potentially would like to spend a lot of your time and energy doing or building as a business or a career or what I personally like to call your life's work. These interests or passions will somewhat be companions to your fulfilling your life's purpose, which is why discovering your purpose is super, super important. And you know, I talk about this all the time, guys. If you're still clueless about this, you should check out episode three of this podcast if you haven't already. It is a solo episode, again, of less than 20 minutes. So we don't cover everything, but it will definitely start you off in the right direction. I also think it's very important to state the difference between passions and purpose because they are different, even though a lot of us tend to use those words interchangeably. Passions are interest intensified, which means they are linked to our emotions. And as we all know, well, sometimes emotions can be a bit fickle and short-lived. 
And while you may very well have lifelong passions, most of the time, interests and passions do at some point pitter out. Purpose, on the other hand, now this is my definition, so you're not likely to find this anywhere else. (laughs) Purpose to me is your reason for being. It is a destination, the destination that you're heading down, which culminates in a fulfilled and meaningful life. You're most likely going to be passionate about your purpose, okay? But something you're passionate about doesn't have to be your life's purpose. So there you go. I decided it was important to state the difference between those two because I really wanted to put the hearts of all you multi-passionate folks out there at rest because in all honesty, you don't have to make every one of your passions your life's work. By all means, explore all your passions and bask in them for as long as you like, but they can remain hobbies. And we'll talk a bit more about this later on. For now, if you just accept the fact that some passions are okay just being hobbies, and maybe as an added bonus to your work, the work that you're already doing, then trust me, it will make your life so much easier. That being said, There are still people with multiple ideas and interests and passions that they could easily pursue as their life's work or purpose. Folks like me. (laughs) They're called multi-passionate individuals. And I've heard business and life coach Marie Folio say that she was the one that coined that phrase after many struggles to answer the dreaded question, so what do you do? (laughs) So Marie had many passions in all sorts of fields in hip-hop, in dance, fitness, personal development, spirituality, marketing, writing, and so on. And like I said earlier, I know this feeling really intimately. I, for one, am passionate about music, marketing, podcasting, writing, editing, speaking, personal development, fashion, art, consulting, just to name (laughs) a few. And asking me to pick one is like telling me to tie myself to a pole and set myself on fire. And when asked that dreaded question, so what do you do? (laughs) I just slap on two of the different things that I do. So I probably tell people I am a singer songwriter and a freelance writer because those two things tend to go somehow hand in hand. And I leave it at that because many times when you go to these networking events or you go to any sort of event where you are having to talk to people that don't really know you or you don't really know, they're not really wanting to hear your life history. They just want to, they're just asking to make small talk. So in such situations, I don't go into too much detail and I leave it at that. Now I've met people who either have always known what they wanted to do or they discovered what they wanted to do later on and then faced it squarely like a guest I interviewed for the podcast uh, last week she discovered that she loved to write and she has faced it squarely she's found that that she's found her purpose in writing and she has faced it squarely for years and she's probably one of the most consistent people I know that is honing her craft and Honestly, I am in awe and in true admiration of such people. Having said that, though, I do think there are more people who are multi-passionate like me than we think. I'll even take it a step further and say they aren't just multi-passionate beings, but multi-potentialites, which is another word I heard from author and speaker 
Emily Wapnick, who herself is a multi-passionate person. You should check out her TED Talk if you haven't. I'll put the link to the YouTube version of it in the show notes. Multipotentialites are described as being skilled in more than one field of interest. So not just passion, but skilled. Emily also has a book out called How to Be Everything, which I highly recommend. I will also link that to the show notes as well. But society and education, unfortunately, doesn't cater to multi-passionate people. At least that is what I think. We're all told to pick one thing. There are books on the topic and your guidance counselor in school will tell you pick one thing. And while I understand the sentiment and even agree with it to an extent, such blanket advice is not sufficient because some people are happier doing more than one thing and that's okay. Now, a more common word for such an individual who has multi-passions is, in our day and age, referred to as a polymath. A very popular polymath who obviously has been dead for a very long time is Leonardo da Vinci. Um, He was known, obviously, for his painting, but he was also very versed and skilled in anatomy, sculpting, photography, history, astronomy, writing, and that is just naming a few. (laughs) I say all this to say, if you identify as a multi-passionate or a multi-potentialite, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you. So please feel free at this point in time to heave a sigh of relief. I'm going to join you. (sighs) So now that you know you aren't crazy, what do you do with all these passions of yours? Okay, so first things first, you have to embrace it. Embrace it. Be unapologetic about it. I can't stress this enough. Personally, I am still working on this one. I won't even lie. No one likes to be looked at as confused or scattered or flaky or the very popular quote, jack of all trades and master of none. And and by the way, speaking about this quote, I'm going to share with you something about it that you may find interesting. So definitely stay tuned for that. But it all comes down to not really caring what other people think. This is your life and you get to decide how you run it. It's taken me a few years, but now instead of seeing it as a weakness, <laughs> to be honest, I actually see it as a strength, something that not only makes me interesting, but valuable to the team that I'm working with at the time or even a project that I'm doing at that time. And I can assure you it's an amazing place to be, especially when you're having conversations with people. That's because multi-passionate people tend to be lifelong learners. So we know a little about a lot of things. Makes for very good and intelligent conversations, if you ask me. My 11-year-old daughter is already showing signs of being a multi-passionate person like me. So I see my being unapologetic about my multi-passionate tendencies as, as heralding the fact that it is okay for her to be comfortable being who she is. My second point is know yourself and what your life's purpose is or at least have an idea what that might be because it will help you whittle down those passions that will help you fulfill that purpose. 
Now, this isn't obviously an easy step and it takes a lot of self-reflection and, and inflection and discovery, which can take time and it is a process. So while you're working on finding your life's purpose, research and explore your passions. And to be honest, your passions could actually be an indication of what your life's purpose or your life's work is going to be. So explore and research. I already talked about the fact that every one of your passion doesn't have to be your life's work, but you can definitely explore and research. And that's what I'm actually doing with my daughter at the moment. I'm so glad that we live in a world where information is so readily available at our fingertips. You can watch a YouTube video, you can take a couple of classes and so on. One amazing tip around this is find someone who is already doing that thing that you want to do or that thing that you admire and see what their lives are like. If you can interview them, then by all means do so. Think of exploration as baby steps before full-blown commitments, kind of like dating. You don't go into a full-blown committed relationship immediately. You go out on a few dates and you decide whether that's what you want to do with this person. This step is so crucial for multi-passionate people because you see firsthand what your life would really be like if you go down that route before you actually go down the route and waste precious time. It was actually something I wished I'd kind of done a bit more of before venturing headlong into music. Now, this isn't something I've actually shared about a lot, but here you go. I'd always, for as long as I remember, loved music and honestly it was bordering on obsession i remember when i left secondary school they actually created a new category of awards called music crazy and i know that award was created because of the likes of me i was literally bordering on being obsessed with music and I was skilled at it. I was good at it. I had a fantastic voice, a fantastic singing voice, if I say so myself. Um, I was already writing some music. And because I loved it so much, it only made sense that I would try to see if I could make a living from it. So I delved headlong into this professional music artist world within the Christian and inspirational niche. I learned a lot, if I'm honest. <laughs> but most importantly... I learned, and this is after burning out several times, that I really did not enjoy the process of trying to make money from my music and all that came from it. What I enjoyed was listening and analyzing and making music. Now, music will always be a part of my life, but now I know I don't have to show up as a music artist for that to be a reality. Now, after you've whittle down your passions from from the process of applying what your purpose is and doing some research and exploration it is now time to look at the passions that are left and this is another tip don't just put these things in your head get out a pen and a notebook and write down all these passions and interests that you have swirling in your mind put it down if you don't want to Get a paper and pen because you guys know I'm a notebook girl. If you don't want to go down that route, you can type it out on your laptop or on your phone or key it into your phone. But write down those passions and take a look and see if there is a common thread. If there is, then you might want to consider combining them. For instance, you might be a guitarist who also loves to teach and to write. So how about teaching guitar? 
or running guitar workshops and then writing books or courses on guitar. Now, sometimes there really isn't a common thread, which brings me to my final point. Start and or lead with one of those passions. Remember when I said I understood why people tout the pick one thing concept and that I understood where they came from? I will only modify that concept a little bit by saying I really don't think you have to choose or pick one. And like I said earlier, telling a multi-passionate person to pick one passion is like telling them to cut off a limb. And my guest last week, Becky, um, said it, you know, how about just starting with one or two of those passions and knowing you can revisit the others later? This is mostly for those who are not yet proficient in their different passions. But if you're like Leonardo and you're skilled in, in many of these passions of yours, then you might want to consider leading with one of those passions. Because to be honest, our world is not really ready to accept the different slashes in our titles just yet, especially in the online space. So not leading with one thing might end up confusing your audience, which will in turn end up hurting you rather than helping you, especially in the beginning. It's like Serena Williams. Most of us know her as this star tennis player. But what a lot of people don't know is that she's also an accomplished fashion designer and entrepreneur. In fact, she's quoted as saying that she's, she has two loves, tennis and fashion. Another example is James Franco. Most people, including Google, recognizes him as an American actor. But what a lot of people don't know about him is that he's also a painter, a lecturer, an author, amongst other things that he's doing in his life, as well as a lifelong love for education. You should check out his Wikipedia page. I think you will be amazed. Even Marie Folio, who we talked about in the beginning of this episode, if you don't know who Marie is and you are interested in seeing how an entrepreneur leads with heart and social consciousness, then you should definitely, definitely, definitely check her out. She also shares a lot about her story as a multi-passionate person and how that has played out in her work. She actually explored a lot of her passions before eventually leading with life and business coaching in the online space. Her life and business are a testament to the fact that just because you lead with one thing doesn't mean you abandon the rest of your passions. If you followed Marie for any length of time, you will actually see that she weaves in her passions into her work, like hip-hop dance and spirituality and even comedy. Her content is absolutely phenomenal and it's been a great resource for this episode, actually. So I suggest you check her out. I'll put a link to her website in the show notes as well. There are so many examples of people I could give, but by now I'm sure you get the point, which is if you're proficient in all these things that you're passionate about, then allow yourself to be known for one while you either pursue the rest of your passions in obscurity. I mean, does everyone have to know or find ways to weave bits into your main work? Now, there will be times where you simply cannot pursue all your interests not now, not ever. And this might seem like a contradiction to everything that I've just said, but it isn't. Hear me out. Sometimes we keep carrying on with something that we used to be passionate about, but is now just baggage holding us back. And a good indication that you are carrying a lot of deadweight passions is if you're not making a headway in any. At those times, you will have to do the hard grown-up thing, wear your big girl or boy pants 
and look really critically at these passions and consider sacrificing some in order to move ahead with the others. Yes, my dear, you'll have to kill some of your darlings, but it's for a good cause. It's so you can move forward. Before I end today's episode, I wanted to share another resource recommendation to check out, especially if you're curious about delving deeper into how to show up fully in all your multi-passionate glory, or you simply just need further reassurance that you're not schizophrenic. (laughs) Then please check out Barbara Sher's books and her YouTube channel. Sadly, Barbara passed away in 2020, of a ripe old age, thankfully, but her resources are still very much in circulation and is still changing lives. She's got books like Refuse to Choose and I Could Do Anything If Only I Knew What It Was and so on. She has such an amazing sense of humor as well and she's quite encouraging, especially for people who are multi-passionate. And I personally found her content extremely encouraging and helpful and I think you will too. So that's all I have for you today, folks. I did promise that at the end of the episode, I will share something with you with regards to the quote, a jack of all trades is master of none. Well, first off, that quote is incomplete. The actual quote is this, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. So it was actually meant to be a compliment and not a slight on multi-passionate people. So I hope that encourages you, my multi-passionate friend. You are fine just the way you are, only that the rules that apply to help you thrive are somewhat different from that of the specialist. And that's absolutely fine. Do you? Remember, if you enjoy this episode, share with a friend or two, especially the multi-passionate people in your life. You just might be saving them a bucket load of heartache. (laughs) Believe me, I know. And if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, then please consider rating or leaving a review so others can find us. It really helps with the podcast algorithms. Until next time, remember you are a special, unique person with a God-given purpose and unlimited potential. The question is... What are you going to do about it? Nothing will become of me That I'll never come to anything But I rise Rise Yes, you might have given up on me Cause you couldn't see what I see when I